What is going on, everybody? This is Candler English here with Training Ground Garage Talks. This is a space where we have open discussions about what it means to be a Christ-centered man in today's world. And we're so pumped to have you here with us. Let's dive in. Hey gang, this is a part two of two talking with Christine Smith about biblical relationships and biblical identity. If you haven't checked out our first part of this series, go do it now because it really informs what we're going to talk about in this episode. Yeah, I think too, we talked a little bit about this earlier, is the... um you know, if we're kind of looking at like what, what, you know, if you're kind of lining up your relationship to say, you know, we want the best probability of success Mm. or health, you know, you know, we're, as we're defining, you know, what dating and engagement, you know, those pre-marriage relationships look like, you know, what does health look like? Um, and again, for us thinking about, you know, how it's lived out in community, feels really, really important. Mm -hmm. Um, and especially we see that a lot with training ground because, you know, post training ground is that, you know, as we see couples kind of isolate or maybe they're not asking, it's not to say that they need to ask anyone for advice, but if they're certainly students of, of being in a healthy relationship and they let that desire known to their community and that, you know, they allow people to speak, you know, we have so many, you know, people in this community that speak into the relationships of our alumni is that, you know, there is that place of living that vulnerable, you know, it's even hard to kind of even say these things because I'm like, I want to talk about so many alumni and, and great relationships, but I'm afraid to use their names on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. um, but the ones that we have seen kind of make it, and even if they don't make it, they still make it in a healthy way mm. where it's not just a complete crash and burn, you know, but there is kind of either, maybe it's a healthy, you know, split that says, yeah, like we honored each other. Like we, you know, we gave it our best, but it wasn't, you know, the relationship that got intended. Um, you know, I just, I think I just want to say that and I'd love to hear you guys even experience with that, um, with, you know, guys, you know, graduating training grounds that, you know, whether they're at a training ground event or they're in a, their church community or a Bible study, but they're, ex- they're not just like, well, I'm just hanging out with my girlfriend this weekend. And you're like, and, and what else? We're like, no, I'm just going to hang out with my girlfriend this weekend. We're like, hmm. Like all weekend? You know, and not to be critical of that, but also to kind of go, well, what, 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 how are you opening your, opening your life up to, to community? So I'm, I'm, I'm throwing that one out there. Yeah. I, well, I mean, I can speak to it, yeah. I guess, being freshly out and, you know, um, was just in a relationship and that kind of, you know, we just kind of decided to take two different kind of pass and step away from each other. But I think, you know, even in all that I've learned in TG, excuse me, um, I think the whole notion of failing forward, like this is the first time in a relationship where I was ever, have ever a, was able to like end well, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. in, in the sense of like, yeah, like, you know, like we both just got to the point where it's like, yeah, okay. Like, you know, we still have feelings for each other, but like, right down the road, this probably wouldn't work out. So, um, you know, it doesn't make it easy, but I, I, th- I think definitely, um, having community is like, if I didn't have, honestly, y'all, like everybody in this room and, and everyone in TG Colorado, like I, things 
the, the relationship would have gone probably very differently, but also um, the conclusion of the relationship would have gone right. very differently. And I think the whole piece of just like, I don't know, me just like pulling out my hair one night and, you know, coming downstairs and talking to Lee about something or giving you a phone call like, hey, can I come by? Like, mm-hmm. I think that almost, it's almost like you're able to just surround yourself in mirrors that you're able to see yourself, but also know that like, kind of, I don't know, like weeding out the distortion of how we view ourselves and our relationships, um, through other people, I think is like massive because like, you know, in my past, like being in New York and being in a relationship, it was that mm-hmm. isolation and I didn't have anyone to look to, you know, or mm-hmm. even ask more or less. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I think it's a wildly drastic, um, experience, even if things, like you said, Corey, like don't work out, like just having people like to bounce things off of and be like, Hey, is this like, <laughs> is this normal? Am I like insane? Or like, what do I do here? Um, yeah, I, I think that's huge. So I, there's a, I mean, there's a great example of a healthy relationship from, I was, it was one of the alumni and I was, I was asking the, what well, at the time wife, like, so how is so-and-so? And she's like, I don't know. Why don't you ask him? Mm. And I was just like, I love that. Mm. I love that she's not covering for him. She's yeah. not answering for him. She's they've established that they're own their own people, own entities, you know. Yeah. And like, there's no like background stuff talking behind his back. But she's just like, ask him. Yeah, you know. Yeah. You know? I <laughs> yeah. love that. And on the contrary, also seeing relationship with alumni where you would you would ask the alumni something and the girl would answer for him and like mm. so and so likes this. Yeah. Michael, why can't so and so answer? Yeah, he's right there. Next <laughs> yeah, he's to right you. there. Yeah. Like that's a little bit of a red flag for me. You yeah. Know? Um so uh yeah. Yeah. I gotcha. I think Huge. it depends on the community. Okay. Mm-hmm. Talk, say more. Well I think that goes it's an an it's an answer to your first question is how can a man honor a woman okay, yeah. physically? And that's by having a community. Sure. And if he's being held accountable to what he is doing in that relationship or vice versa, what she's doing sure. in the relationship, but you need a community that has a standard mm-hmm. of sure. honor. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a community on both sides, I would say, you know, it's like having both of the people, you know, having, being able to go to places and, the talk and mm-hmm. be able to work through things. So, so can I take this a little different yeah. direction? Please yeah. do. I know where you're going. So, <laughs> well, I mean, uh, Ted Lasso, a very popular show. Mm-hmm. And oh, yes. No spoilers. I'm not going to ruin anything like that. But at one point, Ted Lasso, and it kind of like, wah, 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 you know, alarms went off. and mm. like Because we see it all the same in training ground uh, often uh, with parents. But this, this was said in, in the case of mothers. Uh, Ted Lasso said, I love meeting mothers because it's like the instruction manual for how the guy got crazy. Mm, like the you know, son. Like, 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 what's that? The son. How the son got crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah how the son. That's instruction manual for how he got crazy. Mm. And I, I think it's so true that in training ground with mothers and sons and, and uh, it's been brought up that even with fathers and daughters as well, that, that by observing the parent, you can see where some of the struggle came from. Mm-hmm. And, and remember the great prophetess Oprah Winfrey saying <laughs> that a mother will pass through her womb the unfinished, her unfinished business to her children. Mm, wow. And I don't know what the father part of that is, but there is an element of like the unfinished work 
of parents, mm-hmm. the things that they don't work through or deal with that they pass on to their children. Pass it on, yeah. So I just throw that, I'm tossing it, it, that. It, that's like a green, I know that there are lots of men and young men listening to this going, oh crap, I don't want to go here. Um, but Christine looks like she's locked and loaded. <laughs> One in the chamber. Come on, bring it. Come on, you have so much to say. I know you do, because we're married. Um, well, <laughs> I think, I think Father, if I've heard before, father bestows identity and mother nurtures. Mm. Um, And if a mother isn't operating healthily with her son, it's probably the home that she came from and then from the marriage. She's in a marriage where she's not getting what she needs from her husband, so she's expecting it from her son Hmm. and uh, I mean there's generational curses there's iniquities that can be passed down and again if someone doesn't look at their story and ask the Lord to come in and redeem it then those iniquities are going to keep going Um, but I think it's the mom that doesn't want to do that to her son she wants her son to be healthy that she won't go to him for fulfillment Hmm. or for what she needs or for what she hasn't gotten. She'll go, she'll figure it out and go to the Lord. If she's not getting it from her husband, she'll try and get healthy in her marriage. Um, but it goes back to like, that is that is totally off track of what the Lord wanted for us in families. Like he designed families and he didn't design mothers to get fulfilled by their sons. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not the role. I mean, the opposite has happened as well, right? Mm-hmm. When, when a husband and wife aren't communicating or loving or godly, that the husband will turn to the daughter often to get care and affection, that kind of stuff. Then you have this unhealthy triangulation that goes both ways mm-hmm. between mothers and, and sons mm-hmm. and fathers and daughters. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's when it's not the way it's right, and we've seen it both ways, right? We've yeah. seen we've seen healthy moms and you know and unhealthy moms. You know, I think probably what you know is important to say here that is is not mom mom isn't instinctively the problem. Um, mm-hmm. She can be part of the solution, but it's certainly again what you know as we're talking about. In just, I think what I want to make sure that we're saying is that the the. Both parents' voices are very important, and I think we're bringing up specifically moms and sons because we're talking about relationships. And so that's probably the question I'm going to throw back at you, Christine, is understanding, you know, how, uh, you know, and, and you know, good and bad. How have have you seen moms' relationships with their sons impact a dating relationship of that son, and even in engagement or even in marriage? In terms of, you know, how how the impact of the relationship of the mom has has impacted, you know, that that dating relationship. If I'm making sense. Well, in general, I would say that moms who look to their sons for fulfillment raise men that aren't confident in themselves. They raise them to meet their needs so the men aren't able to live out their God-given assignments or callings or purpose because they were trained to meet the mother's needs Mm -hmm. and then they don't know how to operate in their own identity with a girlfriend because then 
they operate solely to keep peace with the girlfriend mm. um, and it, to avoid conflict. And Be- because that's the way they uh, they related with their mother. Right. right. Okay. Wow. And then they'll often find women that are just like their mother yeah. because that's their comfort zone. They know how to operate in that system and in that relationship. Wow. Yeah, it's almost their style of relating. And, you know, Leah, you talked about that um, podcast from Adam Young talking about attachment and talking mm-hmm. about how, you know, even... You know, uh, sometimes men will seek out, you know, a wife that they can easily relate to like they relate their 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 mother. Yeah. Adam Young even said that in, in, in the podcast that if a if a if a child is not appropriately attuned to the mother or has to attune to the mother, then they never learn how to handle their own effect uh, oh, uh, okay. in the family. Like you'll see like men that have grown up that don't know how to handle their emotions because no one ever taught them how to regulate their affect uh, on other people. Mm. Sure. You know, and, and yeah. so just the importance. Yes, going back to the importance of, like, a mother's attunement is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'd say even go far, and just to be fair, because I don't want to pick on on women, because if the husband was doing what he's supposed to do, sure. the woman would be in a healthy place. Right. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's all connected, and it's it's all the yeah, it's apple. Not, it's not one. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like, it's... Is the is the man attuned to God and then attuned to his wife, and is the wife attuned to God first, and then the husband? You know, and how does everybody work together? Hmm. You know, to kind of produce this healthy human. Um, but for sure, I mean, I, again, I kind of want to, you know, Christine, maybe even from a woman's perspective, what's the struggle? I mean, and we've talked about you know our marriage, you know, in my relationship with my mom. And how that's impacted our marriage. And Christine just gave me that look. Um, but from a woman's perspective, like how how are how how was it walking that out with me? Um, you know, in the sense of you know your perspective of whether maybe I you know I related to you like I related to my mom, and you know how that was like I you know I would serve my mom to make her happy, and then that wasn't necessarily what you needed as a woman where I can offer you these gifts of service, but not really emotionally engage, you know, and that's really what you needed was, you know, kind of this emotional affirmation and emotional security. So I know I'm really putting you on the spot here. That's <laughs> no, okay. I think you only knew to give me what your mom required of you, hmm. but it wasn't what I required of you. And it took me a long time to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes you operated in it on automatic. Right. Like, I wasn't even asking you, asking these things of you, but that's all you knew how to give. That's the only way you knew how to operate. Sure. So I think it, um, it, it, we didn't have the closeness or the intimacy in our relationship because we were kind of totally missing each other. Sure. Because you were, it was like I was your mom. hmm And you were... You were operating with her, but I was here, but you didn't, but you couldn't step out of that role of what your mom required of you. Sure. sure. Well, there's so much grace in what you just said, mm. you know, because you're stepping back and saying, um, this is not about me. You know, this is about his journey mm-hmm. and to allow him to have that space and not make it about you. Mm-hmm. That's a huge grace to offer to your husband. I, I, I just want to point that out because that's huge because that means that like you're doing your work and you're allowing him to do his work mm-hmm. and that you don't have to do his work. He has to do his work, 
but that you have grace for that. That's, that's a huge thing. So let's just use this let's springboard in this moment. So let's springboard back to, you know, uh, 2001, we're newly married, and we knew now, 20 years later, what we would have wanted then. You know, I, I think I want to kind of bring a little bit of application to this mother-son's conversation in terms of like maybe I'll share kind of what I would have told my 26-year-old self and you would have, you know, what you would have told your younger self. So I probably would have said to me was I probably did need some, I mean, not that I need some serious counseling, but I just, I was not attuned to my own story when I first got married. And so I wasn't going, well, how am I relating? Like, you know, and I, and in some ways I had my own agenda when we got married. I wanted to do ministry and I wanted to create these, you know, I had these, these high aspirations of impact and relationships. And so, you know, a lot of times, you know, that's where a lot of my mind went and it wasn't, it wasn't in being a student of my wife. It really wasn't in going, oh, wait a minute, I keep doing the dishes or cleaning the house or whatever, as opposed to going sitting down and having quality time and holding her hand and looking into her eyes and asking her how she's feeling hmm. and what, you know, what kind of emo just pursuing her on an emotional level. Um, you know, I just think, you know, probably to be perfectly honest for me, when I got married, I was, I was 26, but I probably was emotionally about 16. Like I just, I just didn't, I didn't have that, that maturity yet. And it, that's not a dig on myself. It's just the reality that I, you know, I kind of rolled into that relationship. I think the grace that you have for yourself and the grace that we have for the guys is that you just don't know what you don't know. No, yeah. no. Yeah. You're just, you're just kind of going, man, like <laughs> what is she's it? really pretty and uh, we laugh a lot and she's, yeah. you know, like we, we have a good time, you know, it's like. Okay, like that's a, there's there's a lot of value in that, but I mean to deepen that relationship, you know, is a whole nother level. Um, and so you're right, there is grace, and mm. and I, I do want to make sure that I speak all of this in grace, uh, but also I want to make sure that like if there are people that are listening, that you know, I we can encourage people from our story to say, yeah, I'm gonna go do some work on my story. I'm gonna open my life up. To some people to say, hey, where do you see some blind spots? Where do you see some gaps? You know, where where can I mature more? And so, like, even for Christine, like, Christine, what would you, your younger self, like, what would you, like, you know, we're, we're married and we're in Farmville, Virginia. <laughs> um, besides the fact that you're like, I should have run for the hills. <laughs> well, I'm just going to, I guess, say that. I think it's important to really get to know a person before you get serious with them, mm. to live some life with them a little bit, see how they deal with situations, see what their gifts are, what their personality is, are they extroverted, introverted, um, their lifestyle, because it takes time to learn that about people, and it's easier to figure that out before getting married than after getting married. Mm-hmm. And That's also look at their family, like how does their mom and dad interact with them what are the dynamics because the chances are however they operate now is how they're going to operate married and however the family operates now is how it's going to operate married Right. so if you see a red flag then pause and take some time to figure out what that is If, if the person is someone you want to move forward with then 
and see if they're willing to move forward with looking at that with you. And, or if not, maybe it, it won't work out. But I don't think we took the time to look at those things sure. before we got married. I don't think we even knew to look for those Yeah, things. exactly. You didn't know what you didn't know. But I do like the idea of the kind of the humble curiosity. Mm-hmm. Like, not saying that one system is wrong, one family is better <laughs> than the other or anything like that, but just with humble curiosity to say, hey, mm-hmm. can we talk about this? Or how does this work in your family? Or right. what does that look like? Or do you feel okay with that? Or, you know. Right. I think, though, that, that looks and attraction can be deceiving. Because you might be attracted to a person, but living them with them might be hell. Like, what are you saying about my looks? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not talking about our situation. <laughs> well, it is, and what you say is true. Like, it's proven that when you get into a relationship, the logic center of your brain shuts down. Yeah, right. And so you're, it's like everybody. Like everybody, everybody looks prettier when you're drunk. You know, yeah. it's the same type of deal. Like when you're in love. When you're in love, everything seems better than it actually is. Sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's euphoric. But for, just as an example, if an, I think an introvert can be attracted to an extrovert because they want adventure or they're not as good at, in a social situation and the other person is, so they're like, oh, I need more of that. Or, But when you are in a marriage, you have to work out one person is drained by being with people and one person is charged by being with people mm-hmm. and that's hard to unify in a marriage then two people have to look at each other and go okay you need people okay you need time alone and there's a little bit more work in navigating that than when two people are extroverted and two people are introverted it's mm-hmm. it's possible but there's a little bit more work and honor involved in that sure so those things are like are helpful to know before you get married <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's awesome man i feel like we could go on I mean, like i feel like we're hitting our stride right now <laughs> you know but uh christine really want to say thank you uh really appreciate so many insights that you brought today yeah um, so much wisdom like i'm literally i'm gonna have to listen to this like eight or nine times go just back to and get everything down but, yeah absolutely so yeah thanks so much i mean this is um ben candler english with tg garage talks and thanks so much again Christine for being on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and we'll see y'all next time. Bye-bye. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining us for TG Garage Talks. We are currently accepting applications for Training Ground Colorado 2022 and Training Ground Chattanooga 2022. Now guys, I cannot begin to tell you how life-changing Training Ground has been for me. So if anything we've talked about in this episode or in other episodes have stirred anything in your heart, um, please, man, look into coming out with us. It's going to be a blast, and we can't wait to have you. You can find us at www.trainingground.com, and you can also find us on Instagram at Training Ground Colorado, as well as Training Ground Chattanooga. Well, until next time, guys, this has been Candler English with Training Ground Garage Talks. See you soon.